Did you see what just happened here? Well, that all depends. Did you happen to notice that Julie handed the big salad to Elaine? Yeah, so? Well, she didn't buy the big salad. I bought the big salad. Is that a fact? Yes, it is. She just took credit for my salad. Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. there and welcome to this week's episode of but i don't want to be a secondary character of seinfeld podcast where we take a random seinfeld episode and talk about the secondary characters from that episode my name is steven and my name is ivan and i'm really sorry steven we were a bit late recording this i had to get the big salad so uh yeah unfortunately we had to record a bit later than usual you have to have the big <laughs> salad <laughs> the big salad george's arm movements when he says that is uh, one of my favorites it's definitely iconic isn't it definitely yeah in case you haven't picked up on it this week we are doing the big salad i would say a maybe not classic but uh classic ish episode definitely some classic moments i would say the big salad is a a, a pretty well-known sort of seinfeld trope mm. uh, or you know seinfeld thing that sort of you know kind of like the soup nazi you know no soup for you or the, the thing a thing that has transcended seinfeld into just like popular culture and it is food related like the soup nazi so it makes sense yeah i guess everyone yeah. eats food so it's, it's relatable <laughs> on a broad scale and one thing that was really interesting as well steve if you noticed so george and um jerry's uh partners in this episode julie and margaret they're actually like normal people. Yeah. Nothing wrong with them at all. They don't do, have any idiosyncrasies. No, that's true. <laughs> and they both, uh, they don't really tolerate George and Jerry shit. As soon as they do something that is just inexcusably crossing a line, they just go, no, see ya. Yeah, bye. they're done. Yeah. Yeah, I liked them. I, I liked them in that regard. I didn't think of that, but that's a really good point. How good's that scene where uh, Margaret throws Jerry out of the car? I know. And you I've, see Jerry just fall out. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of notes on that particular move. Oh, yeah. Before yeah. we talk about the secondary characters, though, if you want to get in touch, you can email bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. We're on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, and Facebook. So say hello on there. Uh, we are on any podcast service you choose to use. And uh, if you want to rate us or review us or spread the word, that would be amazing. And finally, we're on Patreon. So if you want to support us for as little as a dollar a month, mm. uh, anything above $2 a month, you get some extra episodes that we're doing at the moment every fortnight. That's right. Head to patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-C. Swing us your hard-earned cash and we'll <laughs> swing you back some... Uh, Bonus stuff. Moderately hard-working episodes yeah okay yeah whatever yeah <laughs> so we don't know. really have to work very hard to record this podcast it's, <laughs> no no it's not, not as laborious as uh, earning cash but it's really enjoyable nonetheless what we'll do is usually we give you a big salad we'll uh you know with bidwabas but we'll throw in some tomatoes the size of volleyballs uh, if you have patreon tomatoes the size of volleyballs. the size of volleyballs so we'll throw those in the salad as well yep the salad that is bidwabask <laughs> the, so, big, the bid salad <laughs> the bid salad <laughs> Big wabask. The big wabask. But I don't want to be... Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but I don't want to be a salad <laughs> character. <laughs> Whatever. That is big wabask. Yeah. Um, anyway, Seinfeldisms for this week. Uh, I have none. How about uh, you? I have zero as well. Oh. Oh, well. Oh. I think that's the first time in a while. I think so. Yep. Yep. Oh, cool. well, doesn't oh, matter. There you go. There'll be no timestamp for Seinfeldisms this week. Nope. <laughs> Unfortunately. Just put, just put NA. I guess, and yeah. A. I guess we'll uh, plug your Facebook page. You currently have a really growing uh, Facebook page, Seinfeldisms, where it's the intersection of reality and Seinfeld. Um, uh, yes. So tell us about that. Yeah. So it started as an Instagram page uh, just to share my own Seinfeldisms, really. And anyone uh, who sent me any Seinfeldisms, yourself included, I think I've put a couple of yours up. Mm hmm. 
and I decided to start a Facebook group. And uh, over the last month or so, it's uh, I think it's around fifteen hundred members now. We're just short of fifteen hundred members. Wow! And it's growing pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. if you want to jump on board, um, initially I was going to be pretty strict about the types of posts on there. I wanted to keep them as Seinfeldisms as we define them. Yeah. But people are just putting quotes up there and gifts and just anything Seinfeld related. I'm like, you know what? If everyone's just sharing the Seinfeld love, I'm not going to be <laughs> a uh, much of a hard ass administrator. I'm just going to let it let it be whatever it turns into. You know. Let it be. That's Ooh. it. Yes. So, yeah, if you want to join, just uh, type Seinfeldisms into Facebook and, uh, yeah, join the fun. Excellent. So, that's our Seinfeldisms for this week, <laughs> talking about a page called Seinfeldisms. Shameless promotion. Why not? Uh, Seinfeld News, Stephen. Now, we have to emphasise we are recording this episode a couple of weeks in advance. Um, so, this news might be a little bit out of date, but I guess it's still relevant. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, because we're recording a couple of episodes back to back and, like you said, in advance, uh, there might have been some events that we've missed in Seinfeld news by the time you listen to this. So if that is happening, uh, if that's happened, we do apologise, but we'll uh, no doubt talk about it when we get back to our regular recording schedule. Yeah, but you don't listen to Bit of a for the news mostly. No. You, know, you listen to us talk about the secondary characters, which is what we do best. Uh, but news is a nice little option. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so only one bit of Seinfeld news this week. So recently, uh, would have been a couple of weeks ago by the time you're listening to this, the Democratic nomination debates occurred. So um, at the moment, the Democrats in America are trying to figure out who they want to represent them in the 2020 elections. And they're whittling it down slowly. They have some debates occasionally. And I think there are about 10 candidates who all talked about different issues, uh, you know, immigration, tax policy, foreign policy, blah, 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 blah. One of the candidates, and I hadn't heard of her, I think she's one of the more obscure um, kind of outsider candidates. Her name is Marianne Williamson. She, uh, during her one of her speeches or one of the points she was making, she told the audience, and I quote, for politicians, including my fellow candidates, who themselves have taken tens of thousands, and in some case hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, from these same corporate donors to think that they now have moral authority to say we're going to take them on. I don't think the Democratic Party should be surprised that so many Americans believe yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, the yada, yada, yada is a Seinfeld episode. Uh, we've done that. And yeah. it's, oh, no, I, we haven't yet. Oh, we haven't, actually. No, the yada, no. No, we haven't. Oh, no, we haven't. No, we Shit. haven't. That's all right. We'll do it soon, maybe. Eventually. We, I think we've talked about it last episode, too. We mentioned the yard. Yeah, I guess, so. I guess it comes up quite regularly. That's why I thought we've done it already. I think it's time to do it. I think maybe in the next few weeks we should uh, do yada yada. Yeah, see how we I feel. So. If you want us to do it, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she's obviously talking about uh, political donations and the, the um, perceived problematic nature of, of, uh, of, of that sort of issue. Um, and uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, the next night, was actually on Jimmy Kimmel. And Jimmy Kimmel brought this up and said, hey, like, what, what do you think of a, you know, a political uh, candidate using a famous quote from you as Elaine um, in, her, uh, in her debate speech? And uh, Elaine actually said, and I quote, uh, Elaine, Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I think I did this a few weeks ago where I called... Uh, George, Jason, George, Alexander. Jason, Alexander, George. George. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah George yeah. said, and you were like, Jason. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. They're all, uh, they're all intertwined. She said uh, to Jimmy, uh, it was so bizarre... And uh, and I guess she's and and she made a a joke as well that she uh, is going to pick her as her running mate. I think she'd probably be semi qualified yeah. after doing Veep. You know, after she doing probably, Veep, probably yeah. understands at least the political process. Yeah, well, she played a vice president then president for eight seasons, so yeah. it makes sense. You know, she might not understand the sort of you know the intricate machinations of uh, of of you know Washington D.C., but I'm sure she'd have a better idea than most just from you know reading scripts and acting out as uh, you know 
vice president and president. Well, so. from what we've seen, you don't have to do that to be president. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you can skip that and just jump straight in. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. So as long as you're a citizen, if, go for it. If, uh, if, if Julia Louis-Dreyfus put a hat in, I reckon she'd get a lot of votes. And I if I was an American too. citizen, I'd probably vote for her as well. I would too. So long as she had, you know, policies that I could back. Of course. You know, as long as she was just like, no, no, I'm Elaine from Seinfeld. That's all I need. It's like, what, what do you want to do about, you know, the, you know, the gig economy and the changing job market? Uh, I'm Elaine. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Free sponges for all women between 18 and yeah. 50. Boo. <laughs> all right, no sponges for anyone. Boo. Boo. Okay, free sponges for some, miniature American flags for others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I reckon she'd still get a lot of votes, even if her policies were non-existent or shit. I think she would. Yeah, so after Julia playing the uh, vice president and president for eight seasons, now politics are getting involved in her personal life. So it's a bit of a, you know, two-way street. Life imitating art, you'd that's, say. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's it. And that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good. Let's take a very quick break. And when we come back, we are talking about the Big Salad, Season 6, Episode 2, a bit of a plot synopsis and some episode trivia. Today's secondary characters we're talking about are Julie, who is George's episode girlfriend, Margaret, who's Jerry's girlfriend, and Newman's ex... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's why Jerry can't stand her too much. A fictional baseball player, Steve Genderson, who kills poor little Bobby Pincus, <laughs> and uh, the store clerk who tries to seduce Elaine. So we'll be back and we'll talk about those characters. <laughs> Big Salad was the second episode of season six, and that first aired in the USA on September 29th, 1994. Directed by Andy Ackerman and written by Larry David. At Elaine's request, George purchases a big salad. And I'm waving you my arms around. The big salad. The big salad. To go for her for monks. When George asks Jerry what's in the big salad, Jerry replies, big lettuce, big carrots, tomatoes like volleyballs. But George's girlfriend, Julie, Michelle Forbes, appears to take credit for the purchase when she hands Elaine the salad in Jerry's apartment. George is displeased that Elaine thanked Julie for buying it and mentions to Elaine that he is, was responsible for the purchase. George's revelation eventually leads to a rift between him and Julie when the truth comes out. And the only insane person in that dialogue or that situation is George. I mean, Julie just acknowledges it and says, yeah, I know I gave her the salad, but you know, I, I didn't make a big scene of it. I just literally just gave Elaine the salad. Well, that's her parting line. She says, all I did was give someone a package. Uh, yeah, a bag. And Jerry yeah, just goes, uh, sorry, George, George just yeah. goes, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he it. just acknowledges how stupid it is. In hindsight, he just realises, like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> the truth in George's view is not that Elaine thanked the wrong person, but that Julie accepted the thanks. As George loudly explains, what I would like to know is, how does a person who has virtually nothing to do with the big salad claim responsibility for that salad and accept the thank you under false pretenses? Julie understands perfectly well and says, like you said, George, all I did was hand someone a bag. Uh, George vows never to buy Elaine lunch again. Elaine must find a special mechanical pencil, the Roller Mech 1000 for Mr. Pitt, and soon finds herself dealing with the romantic advances of the stationery store clerk, played by Jerry Levine. The clerk asks for her telephone number to call when she re- he receives the pencil, rather, but Elaine gives him Jerry's number instead. Later, after purchasing the pencil from a different shop, she agrees to go out with the clerk out of guilt when she hears that he went to great lengths to obtain the pencil. <laughs> I had a fight with the foreman. 
he's, she's like, oh, did you? <laughs> I like how uh, she regrettably says yes when he asks her out. Yeah, that's right. Like, okay. You can see, like, the, the groan, like, the look in her face. She just goes, yes, <laughs> yes. She's just kind of disgusted in a way, too. She's like, I'm, su- oh. I'm surprised that Elaine, I mean, you know, she shows a lot of emotion and she's, other than, well, she's emotionally speaking, she's probably the most human out of uh, the core four. Yeah, yeah. You know, she does act like a normal human sometimes. Well, Kramer's from another planet, obviously. Yeah. Jerry yeah. and George are in their own worlds. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, Kramer's the kindest. Yeah, yeah. Or the most decent, mm. but he's still emotionally just cooked. Whereas yeah. Elaine, <laughs> for some reason, sometimes reacts emotionally appropriate. Yeah. Um, but I'm surprised that she gives in to his advances. Even though she feels guilty, yeah. she's usually pretty, like, she usually stands up for herself and would say, no. Like, you can apologize and feel guilty, but still not go out on a date with him. I don't know. It was just, a, I just didn't, I wouldn't expect that if Elaine was a real person, you know. Yeah. If she was my friend and then she told me that, I'd be like, really? Like, yeah. it's good that you felt guilty. You should have. But, you, I, I don't know. It's, it was unexpected. It was probably just in the writing. But I guess when we talk about the store clerk, we can probably yeah. hypothesize why uh, Elaine decided to go out with him. Yep. Uh, Jerry learns that his current girlfriend, Margaret, played by Marita Gerecti. G e r a g h t y. Correction. 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 <laughs> really? Yep. Correct. But no, it's spelled G e r a g h t y. I'll just Gecko's erection. Oh, Gecko. Gecko-rection. Gecko-rection. Played by Marita Gerate. Gerate. Gerati. Get on with it. All right. We'll say Marita Gerati. There we go. Formerly dated Newman, who ended the relationship. So Newman ended the relationship. He ended it. <laughs> I like how he needs reassurance from Kramer. Like, you know, she's hot, right? And Kramer's like, oh, yeah, she's a looker. And he just can't get past it. I love how Jerry and Elaine are in monks, and then Elaine goes, he's an enigma. And then Jerry's like, he's an enigma wrapped in a Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's a he's a, an enigma wrapped in a riddle. And he's like, Newman's uh, an enigma, enigma wrapped in a Twinkie. A Twinkie. Such a good line. It is. Uh, Jerry cannot comprehend why Newman dumped someone so clearly out of his league in terms of beauty. So he attempts to find any fault in his girlfriend. Kramer plays golf with an ex-Major League Baseball player, Gint. Steve Gindinson, uh, played by Dean Hallow, who cleans his ball on the second shot, not on the green, breaking the rules and causing an altercation with Kramer. So what did he do? He lost it! <laughs> uh, the man is later suspected in the murder of a dry cleaner. Bobby Pincus. Rest in peace, Bobby. And poor little Pincus. And Kramer helps the man to see his pet fish by driving in his white Ford Bronco in a low-speed chase down the New Jersey Turnpike. And that actually featured clips from the O.J. Simpson chase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, other secondary characters include Barry Nolan as the news reporter, uh, and Lauren Bowles plays a waitress at Monks. Nice. All right. Trivia for the episode. I have a couple. Uh, what about you, Steve? Uh, I've got, yeah, about four or five. Cool, cool. Um, I, as I mentioned before, the high-speed car chase was uh, used footage from the O.J. Simpson chase. Uh, what have you got? Uh, so the actress Lauren Bowles, who plays the just-mentioned waitress yeah. um, at Monks, um, she appears in nine episodes of the series, including this one, and she's actually the younger half-sister of JLD. Ah, yeah, that's yeah, right. That actress, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if she's the sister who passed away recently. Oh, Remember there was a sister who JLD's I'm, sister. Oh, I don't know if I'm it was her sure. bio sister or half sister. I'm not sure. I think it was a, a J, um, JLD's half sister, but no, I don't yeah, know which one. I can't yeah, remember. No I'm sure idea. we could look it up, but um, I'm sure we could. Yeah, if it is, yeah. that's uh, that's sad. If not, yeah, yeah, that's not sad. <laughs> that's sad. And speaking of Lauren, uh, her and Michelle Forbes uh, both would star in True Blood. 
the oh, yeah. uh, TV series, yes. Yep. Uh, and in Newman's apartment, when Jerry comes to visit and Newman opens the door, uh, you can see a blanket with a pterodactyl on it that he was sitting on. Possibly a reference to Jurassic Park, which he was in a year before. Ah, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, you didn't say the magic word. Uh-huh. And uh, like a lot of Seinfeld episodes, this uh, episode was actually inspired by a real-life event uh, in Larry David's life. Yes. So the idea came to him one day when he paid for someone else's salad. And uh, the recipient of said salad thanked someone else and not him. Yes. There yeah. you go. Perfect. Yep. So uh, that worked out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Larry David as, you know, as a as a character in Cobra Enthusiasm and as a person in real life, I could just so imagine him being so hung up on not being thanked for a salad. Yeah, yeah. Like something so dumb yeah. and insignificant. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what it's all about. That's, yeah. And that's what George is based on. Larry yeah, David, yeah, yeah. So it works out really well. Definitely. I could definitely see him do that in real life. Um, as I mentioned, Jerry Levine, he plays the station uh, stationary store clerk. A uh, couple of other people who tried out for the role are Ryan Stiles and Dave Foley. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Ryan Stiles from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Okay. The tall, lanky guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He auditioned for the role. I reckon he would have been good as the station clerk. The to- and he was in the Drew Carey show as well. Is he the close talker? No, that's um, Judge Reinhold. Oh, okay. No, no, Ryan Stiles is the tall, lanky guy from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. Um, and he was in the Drew Carey show as well. Okay. Yeah, he's like a comedian actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can semi-picture his face, but for some reason he's reminding me of uh, the close talker. What's oh, his name? Oh, uh, Judge Reinhold. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. what's the character's name? Aaron. Aaron, yeah, close talker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, they, I think because they're both <laughs> semi, you know, tallish and yeah. kind of lanky similar with fair hair yeah <laughs> very similar yep yeah so they tried out for the roles and uh, that's all the trivia i have so. uh, i have one more yeah so this is the first episode to use the more extensive uh, exterior set uh, for mm, new york yeah you know, there's a yes, lot of scenes where right. you know the opening scene where um jerry and elaine bump into uh julie George and, George. and julie outside yeah. Yeah, and they yeah, have yeah. their little exchange um yeah and i think there's a couple more scenes as well where they're outside and you can tell it's a bit more of a complicated like you know built out set yeah, yeah there's yeah. a lot more going on yeah obviously the budget became bigger seinfeld became more popular yeah and uh, yeah they had more funds for sure yeah so they were um, able to do it yeah and then that was the normal outdoor set that they used going forward after this episode excellent yeah i know pretty cool eh? yeah it's funny what happens when you get some extra money yeah and the bigger budgets bigger sets and bigger production that's it values all right let's talk about julie yeah sounds good played by michelle forbes uh, she's appeared like i mentioned in tv shows including true blood uh, as well as orphan black uh 24 and the killing where she was nominated for supporting actress emmy for the role huh. uh she has also appeared in the films escape from la and the hunger games mocking jay part two Okay. Yes. So Julie, like I mentioned at the start, she's just a very normal person. She's very rational. She doesn't seem to have any idiosyncrasies that I'm aware of, no weird quirks, and she's just pretty level-headed, I think. She's in a way kind of like Susan, you know? She yeah. kind of has the Susan vibes. You know how Susan's really level-headed yep. to George mm. to try and balance out his neuroticism? Yeah. I think Julie has that kind of effect on him too. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that's what... Um Okay, yeah, no, that's that's fair. Yeah. Um, I thought because she mentions a couple of writers and journos that she really likes and uh, she invites George to go to the Guggenheim with her mother. Yes. And George declines <laughs> and George tries to relate to her because one of the sports writers he likes has a similar last name to one of the, you know, artistic creative people that she likes. Yes, he's like, yes. Have, you know, it's a fun name to say. You should say it. <laughs> you should say it. <laughs> and uh, I think, I mean, she's obviously more into intellectual pursuits than, mm. uh, you know, sort of bread and butter working class pursuits like sports and you know food yeah she's very artistic yeah it kind of reminded me of the dynamic between like Frasier and Frasier's dad you know Frasier's dad Marty's just like baseball games and hot dogs yeah you know a a domestic beer at the at the pub with his mates whereas Frasier likes the opera and you know academia 
Yeah, um, yeah. Kind of, yeah, kind yeah. of similar, similar difference of interest. Yeah, Marty's more of like Americana. Yeah, he's American just working class, style, yeah. blue, blue yep. collar guy, blue whereas yeah. Fraser is a bit more, you know, high society. Yeah, that's with the transatlantic accent. Yeah, <laughs> the fake accent. <laughs> the fake accent, yes. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say that maybe she's a, you know, maybe that's her career as well. You know, maybe she's an academic yeah, or a sure. writer or, you know, and I think that I wouldn't be surprised. I could see her like being a writer for, say, like the New York Times. Yeah, doing like opeds and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. things like that or articles. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's her, her sort of social circle. Um, you know, that's the world that she exists in and that's where she thrives because I think, you know, she's a smart woman and she likes, you know, being around those places and around those sort of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I did notice as well is in that opening scene that I mentioned before when they're on the street, uh, I can't remember what line she reacts to, but uh, I think Elaine sort of makes a joke or whatever and she laughs and George kind of embarrassingly laughs and she's got a really unimpressed look on her face. She's just like, okay. Like, yeah. Ugh. So I think... I don't know, maybe she, straight away, maybe she thinks that Elaine and Jerry are, like, below her. Like, yeah. there was sort of this, not arrogance, but this sense, like, this sense of subtle superiority. Yeah, she's got a superiority complex. Yeah, not yeah, in, like, yeah. an overt way. I don't think no, she... No, no, no. She doesn't impl- She doesn't explicitly, you know, no, say no, 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 no. And she's very nice yeah. to them when she's around them, and, you know, she... You know, she never sort of criticizes them or looks mm. down at her nose at them. Yeah, but I think it's almost like a subconscious thing. She's not even aware that she's doing no. it. Maybe, you know. I, because- I, yeah, I think because she's probably used to being amongst high society artists, yeah. you know, intellectuals, yeah, educated people. I think she, she's more used to those kind of circles. Yeah. But the question is, how do you think? I don't know if you mentioned this before, but how do you think Julie and George met? I don't know. I mean, they could have just met like on the street or yeah, in a cafe maybe. or been introduced through someone. I mean, George is working for the Yankees at this point and, you know, oh, like that's a, true. Yes, he just know, started. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe she knows someone who works at the Yankees and they met at like a work event yeah, or, you know. True, 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 true. Yeah. I mean, people people who exist in different worlds still cross over into each other's worlds yeah. just in like neutral places like cafes or walking down the street or, you yeah. know, at the airport or whatever, like yeah. places like those people of all walks of life come together yeah, anyway. come together, yeah. 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 Um, but I'm surprised that she, you know, if she, if we're going to assume that she's judged Jerry and Elaine, like, straight away, mm. even though she doesn't know anything about them, what they do, how smart they are or aren't, the fact that she, I mean, George is, you know, not the smartest man on earth. And he doesn't <laughs> really uh, put a lot of value in intellectual pursuits. Mm. And if we're assuming that she does, the fact that she stays with him beyond just their initial meeting is a bit of a surprise. Mm. Like maybe, maybe she just finds George refreshing. Yeah. Again, it reminds yeah. me of Kramer because there's an episode. Uh, sorry, Kramer, Fraser. I've done that again. <laughs> I've done that so many times. Um, of uh, Fraser, where I can't remember what episode or what the character's name is, but you know, normally the women that he goes after are sort of like him. You know, they're artists or yeah. you know, creative Very people, or smart people, people, educated people, oh, introverted people. I should say, very creative types. Uh, yeah, or yeah. just more educated. Educated, yeah, yeah, yeah Sort yeah. of smart people. Right. And, but there's an episode where he goes out with this, like, I wouldn't say uneducated, but just completely, you know, he's very stuffy and uptight. Yes. And uh, rigid, whereas in this episode he goes out with this, like, free-spirited artist who puts her own hair in pillows and gives it to him. Like, just a oh, just oh, your, right, right, just right. your stereotypical, like, kooky, you know, artist who, like, you know, makes furniture out of crates and shit like that. <laughs> and he realises... He's like intellectually, he's like, this is not the sort of woman I can spend the rest of my life with. This is not, but there's such an animalistic attraction there. Yeah. Because she's so different and because she's representing something that he normally stays away from. So, yeah, I guess ma- we can maybe, draw parallels to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe George is just like a different, 
you know, different like, breed, different <laughs> something breed. that she's not used to. Yeah, yeah and yeah, she's just okay. giving it a go, like maybe even a bit of an experiment, or maybe her friends like, hey, you should try like dating outside your circle, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, and then she realizes that regardless of George's interest, he's just a shit person. Yeah, he's a shit person. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. So and she, even, uh, yeah, and she's she gives like, him a flick pretty quickly. Yeah, she does. And then she's like, I just gave the woman a bag. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just love how she's so level-headed and yeah. George is the insane one. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I liked her character a lot, actually. Yeah, she was good. She was good. Do you have anything else on her? No, that's it. All right, let's talk about Margaret. Sounds good. All right, played by Marita Gerrite. Uh, she's appeared in films including Groundhog Day and Sleeping with the Enemy. Uh, she's also been in TV shows such as Touched by an Angel, Mad About You and Judging Amy. And uh, unlike, or just like Julia, I should say, Margaret is very similar. I mean, she's got no idiosyncrasies, no quirks, nothing really out of the ordinary for her. Um, the only thing that Jerry has beef with is uh, that she dated Newman. Yeah, and that's not even about her. That's about Newman. It's about Newman, yeah. So Newman claims that he was the one that broke it off. Mm. So I don't know. What do you think happened? What do you think Newman... Do you think Newman got well, sick of her? Well, Newman or? says that she's not pretty enough for me. Oh, she's not pretty enough. Oh, you're true. Yeah, you know, when yeah. he says something about, you know, I like a pretty face, but I like a really pretty face. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Newman obviously has high standards for himself look-wise. He only dates tens. Well, to be... maybe yeah, maybe well, to him, Margaret was, a you know, an eight or a nine. Well, not, it makes sense because in the betrayal, you know, he wishes for that beautiful blonde woman in the magazine and he ends up dating her. Yeah, yeah in the convertible. He, no, no, yeah, in the convertible. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he uses Kramer's wish. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. so, you know, so Newman... Uh, He's able to do it. He can climb trees and pick up beautiful women. He's got standards and he doesn't uh, compromise. No, he doesn't. There's more to... <laughs> there is actually more to Newman than meets the eye. <laughs> yeah, there's something something underneath that squishy Twinkie. Yeah, Jerry's like, no, there isn't. No. No. <laughs> just more Twinkie. There's more Twinkie. Uh, yeah, no, I think probably Margaret was just charmed by Newman. I think Newman... We have mentioned in his What's the Deal with episode a couple of years ago that Newman's an intellectual. Yeah. Uh, he would have gone to college and studied English or literature and I think he's very articulate in his speech. He probably probably use that to uh, court Margaret. And, uh, yeah, I think Margaret was really attracted to him. So I think uh, Newman has a way with words when it comes to dating women. He he knows how to say the right things. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he, she was probably attracted to him in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think she's a lawyer as well because there's a scene where – I can't remember what she says, but she says a bunch of legalese crap. Yeah. And it comes across as, you know – Rather than, you know, you and I might know some general things about the law mm. or some laws yeah. or some rights that we have, but, you know, we wouldn't know the ins and outs of the, you know, the legality of certain situations where she, I think, I can't even remember what she says, but she says something and it sounds lawyerly. So yeah, I'm guessing yeah, that yeah. maybe she's a lawyer. Yeah, she's, she wears, she's in the legal wears, profession. Yeah. yeah and yeah. she wears, uh, you know, there are a couple of scenes with her in it and she's wearing like a business suit. Yeah, suit. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to guess she's a, she's a lawyer. Okay, cool. You know, she's a lawyer. Yeah. Or yeah. a judge or, you know, like a, a highly educated, well-paid legal yeah. person. Yeah, in, the, in, the, that, in that field, yeah. Whatever Definitely. Barrister, well, whatever they call barristers over in the US, i got no idea. Um, barristers? No. no, I don't think so. I think barristers are... Australian. Australian. That's Australian an English term. term. English, yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, whatever you call them in the US, she must be one of those. Lawyers. 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 <laughs> Law talking, guys. Can you imagine a world without lawyers? <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> 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 so uh, good. Simpsons. Um, yeah. Um, so, oh, geez, with Margaret, I, I, I guess I can't really fault her for anything. I mean, 
She's obviously quite aggressive. She pushes Jerry out of the car. I was she's say, got a bit of strength. Yeah. I mean, strong. it's almost like cartoony. Yeah, the strength. it is. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. he, you know, she's like sitting opposite him. There's there's a handbrake and a gear stick and a, you know, middle console between them. Mm-hmm. And she can still open the door, like reach past Jerry to open the door <laughs> and somehow push him or kick yeah. him so hard yeah. that he literally comes flying out the car yeah. and lands like three feet away from the car, like on his bum, yeah, on yeah. the curb. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I thought just, that was pretty funny. Yeah. It was pretty comical. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. But it made sense. Because obviously Margaret had enough, you know, because Jerry in his head, you know, could just see Newman in Margaret. And then Margaret was like, kiss me. And Jerry couldn't do it. And Margaret said, that's the last straw. That's it. I think there was no animosity between her, well, for her towards Newman. And Newman was the one that broke it up. I think there was, I don't think she had a problem with Newman. No. You know, I mean, she was, she was cordial to him mm. when, uh, when he sees her in Jerry's apartment. Yeah, that's right. And she, you know, she never makes mention that. Well, she never indicates that she wants him back or mm. that she was upset. She was probably hurt for a little while because it, yeah. it never feels nice being dumped. But three dates isn't a lot. No, you know, there really. wasn't. It wasn't a substantial relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she probably just you know felt shit for a couple of days and then got back on the horse and you know started dating again. Yeah, but I'm convinced that Newman's articulate charm probably won her over, and she yeah. probably looked at him and said, "Oh, look, he's a fat guy, but." He's really sweet. But that but, I'll, I'll know, work body weight it. isn't an issue. No, it's for not a lot an issue. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, you know, Jerry's repulsed by Newman yeah. and his appearance, but for Margaret, you know, she didn't care. I think she just liked Newman. Oh, she just liked Newman for years, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, surely there would have been uh, a point where she would have seen his more like skeezy uh, personality traits, you know, because yeah, like, he's yeah. a bit of a creep and he's a bit weird. He's pure evil. Yeah, that's what Jerry I, says. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, but you know, Jerry. Jerry looked a, into his eyes. He's yeah. pure evil. Jerry exaggerates a bit. <laughs> he does. Like you know, he hates him, so he sort of he blows up his bad qualities quite a lot. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, so I'm sure Margaret would have seen the full Newman at some point and realized, oh, maybe he's not everything he, uh, you know, initially thought he was. I don't think she would have actually. I, I have to disagree. Okay, I think Newman was still trying to caught her but then it was actually Newman that broke up so maybe she never saw the evil side of no Newman. no I just said she would have eventually seen oh, it oh eventually they, if they yes, continue yes. dating sorry yeah yeah, 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 yeah no you're right yeah. if they continue dating maybe that's why yes. Newman broke up with her you know even though he said or maybe you know because he says to save face uh, you know and a lot of people do it when they break up with someone mm. um, a lot of people break up with people and I've done it myself thinking that the person that they're dating is not good enough for me so they'll they'll eventually dump me so I'll just do it now to spare myself you know, the, the pain and embarrassment of being dumped. Um, but it's, you know, it's an insecurity thing. Mm. Newman, at points, doesn't show... He, he shows that he has low self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he thinks that Margaret will eventually see the full picture of him. So before that happens, I'll break up with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before she sees me for who I really am and then eventually dumps me. Yeah, that's it, right. Even though that may not have happened. He'd rather have the upper hand yeah, than do it, yeah. you know? And it's to save himself the humiliation and the, the you know, the feeling of being dumped, which is never nice. No, no, definitely. And, you know, to save further face, maybe he lies and says, oh, no, no, she wasn't hot enough. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, but that's, you know, that's a bit of a... Well, Margaret was a nice-looking woman. Yeah, for sure. No, nothing wrong with her. Um, with, with Marita. Um, yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair cool. There you go. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm glad because, you know, when Jerry and George and Elaine, to a certain extent, when they go out with various women and, and men, uh, they... How they end it, like who the the person, the victim of that relationship is most of the time not Jerry George or Elaine. Sometimes, uh, their you know their significant others or girlfriends break up with them, like mm, yeah. for the right reasons because they realise that they're terrible people or that they've done terrible things. But most of the time, they you know yeah. they make the decision and then the the breakup e 
is the victim. Mm -hmm. So, it was nice to see two characters in the same episode realize that George and Derry aren't good enough for them (laughs) and just go, no, fuck yeah. Like, that's it. it. Yeah, it was was just refreshing. It was was kind of refreshing. So, it's good to see you, Kate. Even though you love Jerry and George and Elaine and to a certain extent Kramer, uh, you know, just be horrible people and more or less get away with it with little to no sort of uh, consequence when they get a taste of their own medicine or when people realize that and just walk away with no hesitation. It's always nice to see that from time to time, you know, it's satisfying. Yeah, it was as refreshing as a big salad, yeah. a freshly made one. Uh, let's take one more break, mate. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about Steve Genderson, uh, the store clerk. And I've got a couple of little notes on Bobby Pincus. Cool. Newman. She went out with Newman. It must be a mistake. No, it isn't. And the most distressing part about it is not that she went out with him, but that he stopped seeing her. Do you understand? He, Newman. Newman stopped seeing her. Newman never stopped seeing anybody. Newman will see whoever is willing to see him. So the question then is not so much why did she see him, as disturbing as that is, but why did he, Newman, Stop seeing her. Okay, Steve Genderson. Yes, that murderous swine. He was played by Dean Hallow. Uh, He's appeared in the films Falling Down and City Slickers, among others. And uh, Genderson is the only fictional baseball player to be featured on Seinfeld. I was literally just about to say, I wonder if he was a real baseball player, but they needed an actor because the real baseball player didn't didn't want to act. No, that's right. There you go, it was made up. And obviously you can't say that someone murdered someone, you know, a real-life baseball player that would open up a a lot of uh, legal issues there. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be too happy if someone portrayed me and my character in that. <laughs> As in that a murderer. Show was, uh, was, yeah, it was a murderer. No, that's right. Um, so Steve Genderson definitely flies off the handle. He gets really annoyed at Kramer, and Kramer thinks that he was the one that caused the murder. Mm. You know, that penalty stroke that uh, he gave Steve, he reckons that was the catalyst for Steve to go murder his dry cleaner. Yep. So I think yeah. he was on edge anyway, and that was, was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Absolutely. Uh, definitely a lot of mental health issues. Yep. I think because in the world of sport um, there's a lot of psychological barriers that an athlete has to go through you know the uh, going through the whole thing of fame exposure criticism people talking about you commentators people writing about you I think it can really weigh you down um, people trying to chase you for your money you know that sort of thing I could imagine being an athlete is really tough and I think that probably got to Steve a lot um, and yeah, I think Steve just it just eventually built up to him. I think through all that thing, I think he was a star maybe in the late eighties, early nineties, and then he kind of faded a bit. And yeah, I was going to yeah. say maybe he yeah he was a star baseball player because even Elaine, who has no interest in baseball really, um, well not much. Uh, you know, she's even she's like, hang on, where have I heard that name? Yeah, like, that's right. Steve there are, there are tons of sports I have no interest in, but I still might be aware of a famous person in those sports because they're just general celebrities. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he's obviously more than just a baseball player. He's like a, you know, or he's, you know, he's he's one of the the stars of baseball. He was one of the stars, and I think he probably his star faded. Yep. and then he probably suffered mental health issues. Um, yeah, and I think it really reached boiling point with Kramer. I've got a bit of a theory. Yeah, so go for it. because, and this is kind of related to I think it was a podcast I listened to a couple of weeks ago about the ending of a baseball career because he was caught using steroids. I can't remember who it was or when it was. It was just something I heard recently. And so I'm kind of using that to map onto Stevens, uh, to to, to Steve, Steve's, yeah. um, you know, uh, storyline character yeah, yeah, arc. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, I'm going to say that maybe he had like a fall from grace. You know, yeah, maybe yeah, he was yeah. caught using steroids rather steroids, than just like yes. a slow decline. And that would probably ex- explain his temper too. I was going to say yeah. exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and maybe he's still using steroids, yeah, and yeah. that would explain his short fuse. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, yeah, and he just doesn't appreciate being told what to do. I think because yeah. I think you know you were saying before about what can fuck with a sports person in terms of like sponsorship and pressure and criticism and you know team expectations and individual yep. expectations and blah blah blah, mm. all the trappings of celebrity. Uh, you know, if he was on top and he was told he was the best, and then all of a sudden he's not that person anymore, a mild criticism in golf, yeah, you know, is is enough to sort of trigger you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Course. Like when you're used to being. Given everything you Given want. everything, and you can yeah. get away with pretty much anything. Like, yes. everything is excused, mm-hmm. and everything is justified. And then all of a sudden, someone, some civilian tells you, no, no, you can't do that. You can't clean a golf ball while you're playing golf. You can only He's do it on the putting green. He's not used to that. Yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah, I think he was still caught up in his, uh, not only his celebrity, but what his, stat- uh, what his celebrity allowed him to do. Yeah, and you I know? found that story arc to be a really dark moment. Mm. You know, when you see the news saying that Steve killed Bobby Pincus, the yep. dry cleaner, because there was a stain on his shirt after he brought it in. Jeez, that's pretty uh, pretty full on. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the trip with the smog strangler. Yep. Um, but obviously, you don't hear explicitly or see or understand the murders. Like, you see that the people have been murdered and stuff during the trip, but this one's full on. It's like you went to the dry cleaner and killed him. It's yep. like, wow, jeez. Yeah, even the... It's very the, explicit. Even the fact that Kramer was his getaway driver, and he, you know, even that's kind of dark and oh, twisted yeah. in a way. No, because Bobby wanted... Oh, no, not Bobby. Um, because Steve wanted to see his pet fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, Kramer, you know, he was sort of just adjacent to this happening, or he was involved in a very, very minor way. Yeah. You know, he didn't... He wasn't involved in the crime, or he didn't tell him to go kill someone. He just you know, saw him the day that he killed someone. And then Kramer breaks him out of jail. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Like, even that's kind of... Like, it's 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 comical, but it's yeah, kind yeah. of dark as well. The fact that he's been roped into, like, a murder, uh, you know, and then, a, you know, a fugitive going on the run. Like, that's... I don't know. That's, and the fact that they use footage from O.J. Simpson's car chase. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty dark, too. Yeah. That was a murder case, too. I mean, that's it, true. It all kind of worked, worked out. Yeah. Um, I think with Kramer, he wanted to atone for what he did to Steve. And yeah, I think he guilty. probably went to jail and said, I'll bust you out, buddy. Yeah. You know, I feel kind of bad... Doing, doing what I did. Yeah, Kramer's got a soft spot for celebrities. Yeah. You know, like he... Like, if, if, if Steve was just a, you know, a regular Joe and Kramer, um, you know, told him that he couldn't clean his ball, he wouldn't have felt bad. Yeah. You know, but because he's a famous baseball player and Kramer loves baseball, he feels like he owes him something. Yeah. Like that, oh, this, I can't tell him what to do. Like, yeah, he feels responsible, I think, because he's famous. Yeah. You know, not just because... Oh, with the exception of Keith Hernandez, though, in The Boyfriend. They blame Keith for the spitting. That's true. So but that's, he's not directly different. involved. No, no, no. He was an observer. That's right. He wasn't directly involved in that. So no. I think that's a bit a bit different. Oh, wasn't. no, no. Kramer was. He, he got spat on with Newman. That's true. Yeah, in The Boyfriend. But no, I see what you mean. He does like have he, a soft spot for He doesn't have a personal relationship with... Uh, with Hernandez, no, no, you know no. what I mean. Like no. he, it was just an incident that happened years ago with Newman. Yeah, whereas yeah, this right. one, with, he was playing with Steve. golf with. Steve, yeah, like yeah. he's obviously got a friendship with him. Yeah, um, but yeah, if if Steve wasn't famous and he thought that he drove him to kill a dry cleaner, I don't think he would have felt responsible. But because he was famous, he thought that you know he owed him something or something. Yeah, you know what right. I mean. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. people people like that celebrity status makes people act in ways that they wouldn't act to a non-celebrity like that they it makes people turn into weirdos like i've seen it happen like with famous people you know and you know this famous person's just like i don't know eating a sandwich or doing something boring and people think that everything they say or everything they do is like from the heavens whereas it was just me or you or someone (laughs) someone who's not famous it's just like yeah cool some some dude it's they observe them like they're in the zoo yeah it's like oh look 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 yeah but it's it's like look look steve kennison's eating eating a sandwich yeah it's it's a strange it's a strange phenomenon to see celebrities just doing normal things Mm. but people think that 
that they're gods. That they're gods. Yeah, it's 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 very strange. Very strange indeed. Um, I think with just going to Kramer, I think Kramer really admired Steve while he was playing. I think he was probably one of his favorite players. Yeah, that's how they got along. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he really admired Steve. Yeah, so even though Kramer, eighties, mid to late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. yeah. So even though Kramer had every right to tell him not to cheat or Mm -hmm. to you know to he stuck up for the rules and like Jerry said, he's a stickler for the rules and he's like that's the way it was raised. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that he, well, he thinks that that leads him to, to to kill someone. He wouldn't have done that if it was just if it was Jerry playing golf and he told Jerry off and then Jerry flew off the handle. I don't think he would have felt responsible. He oh, just would have been mm-hmm. like, "Well, that's your fault." Holy shit, that's dark, man. Yeah, <laughs> really dark. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, it yeah. is a bit of a dark storyline. What do you think happened to Steve? Drick and they end up chasing yeah. Steve and Kramer down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drick I mean, and they shot Steve, or they arrested him again. Or well, <laughs> I think I in think, like a, a big shootout. <laughs> look, if you don't want it to get any darker, I'm no. not going to say he got shot. He got, but I think he, again. yeah, I think he just got arrested, and then I don't know. I reckon he would have because he seemed pretty calm in the car, like yeah. he didn't seem enraged, or you know, I think he'd realised what he'd done. Yeah, and he was just scared and frightened, mm-hmm. and he was on the run. And I think he would have told the cops not to arrest Kramer. I think he would have, you know, tried to get Kramer out of it. Sort yeah, of thing, you know, because he thought, well. Kramer's done something for me. I need to do something. I can't bring him down with me. No, no. That's you probably know. what it is. He probably figured something out. Yeah. Money probably, talks. Yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like Steve Gendon said something. Uh, Gendon said something. He, so paid, he bribed us half a million. So Maybe. So we'll let him off. That's cool. it. Cool. Uh, yeah. That's all uh, I have on Steve. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the last secondary character, the stationary clerk, or the stationer, as he's credited. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. We'll talk about him, but then I have a couple of notes on Bobby Pincus. Okay. Uh, but anyway, we'll talk about the store clerk, or the stationary clerk, uh, played by Jerry Levine. He appeared in Teen Wolf. Born on the Fourth of July and Wag the Dog. Nice films. Uh, yeah, with um, we mentioned at the start, we weren't sure why Elaine would have hooked up with the store clerk. I mean, because you were saying that um, Elaine's usually pretty upfront and says what she thinks, and she's like, "Nah, I don't want to date you or whatever." Yeah. But I mean, with the store clerk, uh, well, I guess before we talk about that, I guess we can talk about him. I just think he's just an average guy. Probably I think he's a fucking slime ball, or a slime. Actually, no, a slime ball. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. so he's a huge slime ball. Yeah, actually. Um, yeah, as I, as yeah. I was watching the episode, I thought, hang on, maybe maybe he's not trying to creep on Elaine. Like maybe Elaine's misreading his intentions. No, but it's actually true. Yeah, but he, he starts maybe, calling Jerry's house every day. Yeah, but maybe yeah. At, at first I'm like, I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe he's just <laughs> maybe he comes across as a bit you know slimy or creepy. Yeah, but he's actually just very attentive, and customer service is just something he cares about a lot. Mm. You know, he overcompensates by calling, and that, he does that to everyone. He's not making an exception for Elaine, but when he uh, when he swoops in on the opportunity to go out with Elaine because uh, she feels guilty, that's when I'm like, oh no no no, he's just a creep. <laughs> how how I figured it out as soon as he said in the first scene, how about you just write your number down here? Yeah, give me your number. Yeah, the way he said it. But that's what, no, but that's that was my point. I'm oh, like yeah. I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna interpret how he says something. Yeah. I'm gonna interpret what he's doing, like <laughs> the words he's using and the actions he's taking, yeah. even though it is perfectly interpretable as being creepy and weird. But the minute he goes, oh, no, no, I'm going to use this opportunity to get a date out of this situation, that's when I was like, oh, no, 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 he's just a a creep. He's just a creep, (laughs) yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I was trying to be... Uh, yeah, give him the benefit of the doubt. But no, then I'm like, no, you no, can't. No, no. He's, he's weird as hell. Yeah, he is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, very unprofessional, very strange. He seems to be quite committed to get orders done. Like, yeah. he even he'll go to lengths to even fight with the foreman at the distribution center to get the pen, yep. the pencil. So, you know, he really, I think he does that probably 
well, probably for Elaine mostly, but I think he probably does it for most customers. He probably doesn't do it as quickly or speedily as he did for Elaine, but I yeah. think he kind of goes out of his way for people. Yeah, there is a yeah. there is an element of bending over backwards to satisfy the customer or, you know, to go above and beyond for yeah. sure. But I think usually he'd probably t- say instead of to Elaine, oh, I'll get it in a day or two or whatever it was, for others he'd probably say, oh, within a week or something. Yeah, he'll give know. them a realistic timetable. Yeah, that's right. Whereas Elaine, he'll do anything he can to... He kind know. of, in a way, he, he, reminds he wants, me of... Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the character's name. The guy who Elaine meets on the train. Oh, uh, uh, the guy, um, the, the guy, the, the TV the guy. Oh, the TV guy. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, just immediately becomes obsessed with Elaine. Is it Ricky? I think Ricky. Ricky? Yeah, it was Ricky. I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but just immediately becomes obsessed with Elaine. Yeah, Elaine's yeah, yeah, yeah. very obviously uncomfortable and skis out. Well, in the later episode, the pie, he ends up making the mannequin. Yeah, exactly. You know, in the shape of Elaine. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, he's yeah. obsessed. Yeah, I don't think the stationer would have gone that far. No, probably not. You know, but uh, it. Yeah, they kind of just reminded me of like two <laughs> two creeps who just immediately become obsessed. Yeah, and with just Elaine. Yeah. Step step over the line in massive ways. Well, Elaine does have that sense of uh, sensuality and you know attraction about her so, yeah she's yeah. a very attractive person yeah. but still like you can you know you can rein it in and not make someone very obviously uh, you know discomforted with the situation <laughs> I think so definitely yep yeah. uh, do you have anything else about him uh, no nothing about him but just Bobby Pincus yep. uh, he was an off screen character uh, we only see a photo of him on the news report uh, I didn't do get we, do we mention him at least mention like give him a I know you mentioned every unseen character in now. What's the deal with the unseen characters? Yeah, I think I, think I might have mentioned Bobby. Pinkus. I mean, we didn't talk about him, but you at the end you ran through of that episode. You ran through a list of all the unseen characters, and I'm sure he was in that list. Yeah, I'm sure he was in that list too. But now Bobby Pink is like, yeah, you only see like a picture of him. But I think Bobby is just a regular dry cleaning guy, and yep. um, you know the fact there was still a stain on the shirt. It must have been a pretty serious stain. I, I I'm guessing it was probably unintentional. Like, he didn't mean to keep the stain, you know? And then, uh, yeah, Steve just, on that day, he just happened to lose his shit and kill the poor bastard. Probably yeah. beat him to death or something. Jesus. I know. Rough. And poor Bobby copped it. Poor, poor, poor little Pincus. Poor Bobby Pincus. Poor little Pincus, as Kramer says. So I think Kramer knows Bobby Pincus as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he's a local character in the neighborhood that Kramer's friends with because he's yeah. friends with all the local characters yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting how they made a murder like that. A comedy, mm. you know? <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, I guess because it doesn't focus a whole lot on the murder. No. It's more about Steve's actions after the murder. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. not... It doesn't come across as like, you know, should have they done this? After and before the murder. Yeah. Pre and post, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you definitely. know, it's, it's, it's what they do... Yeah, after it happens after and their reactions that. about it. Yeah, the then fallout the from itself. the murder. Like you never see. Yeah. I think if they showed it, or even if they showed Bobby Pincus, or you know, because it all happens off screen and they don't really detail it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not so dark, but it's still yeah. murder is still a dark topic to oh, even absolutely. bring into a script. Yeah, it doesn't feel as rough. No. if it's all implied. Yeah. So anyway, that's all the secondaries that I have. So out of the oh, actually, you know what? I don't actually have my list open yet. Geez. Um. So every week we rank the episode of Seinfeld that we've done in our top whatever it is. So we've done 94 episodes as of today. Yeah, so where does the big salad sit for you in the top 94? It's number 33. 33, excellent. Not a bad... uh not a bad position. Yeah, no, I uh, really liked all the storylines, um, classic lines in it. And like I said before, when um, uh, Julie and Margaret, um, you know, just don't cop any of George and Jerry's shit and just sort of say, no, nah, fuck this and walk <laughs> out. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, it, it, it's if it happened every episode, it'd be pretty boring. But when it happens occasionally, it's, mm. it's kind of satisfying. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, just a funny episode. Lots of lols. Yeah, um, I agree. When Kramer walks in there and he he tells his golf story as well, mm-hmm. is um, I can't remember that. I can't do the sound he makes, but you know when Jerry's like protesting or trying to like offer a different point of view, and Jerry just goes. Pff, pff, 
like he does a, a oh, weird yeah, sound yeah, with his yeah, lip. Yeah. I can't do it. No, no, no. But um, you don't want to do it on the microphone. No, no, no. <laughs> it sounds a bit awkward. Yeah. Spit all over your microphone. It's like brrr yeah. or something. It's yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, good episode. What about you? Uh, number 48. I think with this one, it's not in the classic tier of Seinfeld episodes, but it's probably the second tier under it um, in terms of, you know, memorability and, um, you know, characters and that sort of thing. Yeah. I really like Julian Margaret and I found it really refreshing in the fact that they didn't have any quirks or any issues. I think they're just like regular educated people yep. you know and you know they saw George and Jerry for who they were and they were smart enough to leave them yep. yeah so I think it was nice and refreshing something different definitely because usually it's the episode girlfriends who do something to cause Jerry and George to break up with them you yeah know? You, or sometimes or, or, or it can be Jerry and George as well yeah. but sometimes it can be one little thing and that annoys them too so yeah. it can go both ways yeah um, no but I just found it really refreshing it was nice and different and uh, yeah an episode that I enjoyed awesome yeah do any of the secondary characters make your list of top um, secondaries no nah neither Oh, good. But uh, special, I mentioned a Julian Margaret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they uh, they're in the honourable mention list. And poor Bobby Pincus, poor, poor little Bob- Pincus. He's in the uh, you know the Bidwabask in memoriam. <laughs> yes. You know, in the Bidwabask graveyard. Her and Sue, uh, him rather, and Susan, and yeah, I'm sure there's the a couple others. of others. Fredo the parrot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, is there a dead dog in there somewhere? Isn't there another animal that dies? Oh, maybe. No. No. Probably not. Anyway. We'll uh, find out. Yes. So that is another week. Oh, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email bidwabaskpodcast, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. We are on all podcast services, so if you want to rate us or review us or spread the word, that would be absolutely amazing. It and sure would be. Yes. Hmm. And finally, we are on Patreon, so if you head to patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, for as little as a dollar a month, you can get all sorts of goodies, uh, so check out what we do over there. Yes, my name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And next week's episode is going to be Season eight's The Comeback. So, really good episode. Actually, really, it's it's an, an episode which, like, I really enjoyed. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. And we're recording it straight after this because we, we are. are doing a back-to-back episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, can't wait to do that one in a few minutes. Take a sip of coffee and go for a piss and then come back and talk about the, the comeback. Yeah, and let's munch into this big salad, dig into it, you and I, finish it off, and uh, we'll start recording. Scarf some prawns. Yeah, <laughs> scarf some prawns. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to go to the seafood shop and get some prawns and we'll eat prawns throughout the recording yeah. of the episode. So or shrimp. See, yeah, shrimp. <laughs> Yeah, so if you hear chewing, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, you can't eat them, but I do. No, I'll just, I'll, uh, I'll I'll smell them. Or you can just give me the insults. That's hey, Ivan, the ocean cord, the running out shrimp. That's true. You know, and you can spend the rest of the episode trying to think of comebacks, like mumbling under your breath. Thinking, oh, that's what I should have said. Or I'll just say the life support machine call. <laughs> true. Anyway, we'll see you next week for the comeback. Thanks for listening. <laughs>